there stands for false evidence appearing real. You just don't have the right evidence. We do have the right evidence because we've done this tens of thousands of times now throughout the years that we've been doing this, right? Through hundreds and hundreds of firms. So look, guys, at the end of the day, fixing your intake and defining what intake is, this is what it means to us. This is what it looks like. And there's a lot of opportunity sitting on the table for you by just fixing the intake, not doing anything else to your current existing lead flow, but by fixing your intake, would you agree that there's, for many firms, a gold mine of opportunity? Yeah, start, keep it simple. Hey, law firm owners, welcome to the Your Practice Mastered podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Michael Patrick Strauch, MPS for short. Hey, I'm Richard James. We're so excited to be here with you today, and we're going to be covering a very important topic called intake, all things intake. We learned a lot after starting the staffing room and starting to work with clients in intake. Is that right? Yeah, we sure did. And I think today we'll break down and, and define what intake looks like because it does vary a little bit for every firm, right? Yeah, I, I hate to sound like a lawyer, but it depends, right? <laughs> we're, we're, we're dressed down and casual today because we're getting to work. I mean, this is where the real work happens in the firm. You, you, you got all your marketing done. You, you drove the leads into the firm. And the first thing that happens is? Intake. Intake. So what does that mean to you? Yeah, so I mean, look, for, for me, intake is the, the first piece of communication the firm has with a new lead. Yeah, so whether it's an inbound call, whether it's an outbound call because it was a chat or a direct message or something like that, or it's an outbound text or it's an outbound direct message through social media, it right. doesn't matter. I think for today's purposes, though, we should keep it simple and maybe focus on one point. Let's stay with the inbound or the outbound call. Fair enough? Yeah. For the purpose of today, let's focus on the phone. Okay. So so now, uh, what is the responsibility of the intake person? That first, so that you've got this agent who's in charge of intake. What is their number one job? Well, their number one job, and here's where a slight it depends comes into play, but mm. their number one job is to set the appointment, to, to get the appointment set. Or if you're in a contingency-based firm, for some firms in a highly competitive market, it's to get the client service agreement signed. Yeah, now... To be clear, we've learned a thing or two, right? So it, it's not always for everybody all the time. It's not always if you're a contingency-based firm, you should try to have your intake person get the client signed, right? Sometimes they should set an appointment, and it really comes down to testing. We're not going to argue the point here. It really does come down to testing. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I would agree. And obviously, there's a lot of factors that go into what highly competitive sounds like and whether or not they should actually go for the client service agreement or get an appointment set. But that's not for today's conversation. So what are the other practice areas we're talking about here, just to make sure we're on the same page? Yeah, I mean, so when you look at practice areas, you've got criminal law, you've got family law, you've got bankruptcy, immigration, uh, estate planning, probate, business transactional, real estate, a, a bunch of fee-based firms, and then you've got other contingency-based firms that might be more down the employment law or the personal injury route. Yeah, social security, disability, worker comp, whatever. It's in those contingency-based where they're not. And the, the key difference is one is taking a fee and the other is not. And what does that person on the phone have to do? Like, why would we not want the intake person in a fee-based firm attempt to go ahead and get that person uh, retained right there, signing the client service agreement right there on the phone? Yeah, that, that's a good question. And this is where I see many firms go a little bit sideways is sometimes they view the intake person and the consultation person as one in the same. Mm. 
but they're two very different people because the role of the intake person is to get the appointment set. The role of the consultation person is to get the prospect to retain the firm. And in a fee-based firm, that means we are collecting the card. They are a closer. The intake person is an appointment setter. Those are two very different roles. Would you agree? Yeah, but hang on. You just said that they're two different roles, but we said in a contingency-based firm, they might be able to go ahead and get the client service agreement signed. Why ah, is that? Yes, because if you're getting a client service engagement or letter signed, that's not collecting a card. So, well, it could be, but in a contingency-based firm, but, it wouldn't be. Right. You're getting the engagement letter signed. Okay. So what you believe to be true is that the intake agent uh, in a firm that is setting appointment and an intake agent in a firm that's having them get the client service agreement fine, uh, agreed, sorry, signed and not paying with the card, right. they are similar types of individuals. Those are similar types of roles. Okay. So, so now how important is it for this intake person to make sure that they're trained? I mean, can anybody go set an appointment? Um, not necessarily. No, you, you got to make sure the intake person is trained just like every other member of your staff would be trained. Yeah. I would actually say that you can have anybody set an appointment. If you have nobody setting an appointment right now, you, you should have somebody dedicated to set the appointment. But what we really mean is if, if you want them to maximize their set rate, that's the number of appointments that they set as compared to the number of qualified leads that they get, they really should have regular ongoing training and they should have a very specific script and structure what we consider a black box. Agreed? Agreed. I mean, at, at the core, each single segment and system in your law firm should have a system and a structure in place for making sure we're maximizing that particular segment. In the case of intake, it's making sure we've got an appointment setting script and structure in place to follow every single time. Now, let's break that down real quick. Mm -hmm. So um, we said that they should have a specific script and structure, this black box we're talking about. We don't have time to break into all that today, but sure. just inside of that, like what is the most important thing that this intake person does? Yeah, okay. An another area sometimes I see firms go a little bit sideways here is that we think with an appointment setter, if you do have a dedicated appointment setter in place, their role is to just get on, get the appointment set quick. Hey, you know, this is Chris from X Law Firm. Um, yeah, hear what you got going on. Let's just get an appointment set for you. Here's the problem with that. People make emotional buying decisions, including in the purpose of setting an appointment, and then they justify it with logic, which means in the appointment setting conversation, we have to get to the emotions of the buyer, which means getting into their pain point, their hell, whatever they're dealing with right now when they show up as a lead to your firm, because they're obviously going through something in some firms, it may be slightly different, but we have to identify what that is and start to build empathy with the situation. And in some cases, maybe we're getting to um, kind of where they want to go, their heaven, their, their goal, what's next for them. And then using that as a bridge to get the appointment set. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And so I, just a follow-up question on that. Do you think that if, if you have an agent who's an intake agent and they're trained in this skill uh, to use a black box system that gets to this emotional connection, do you think that bodes well for getting the client service agreement signed with a contingency-based firm as well? Do you think that's the essence of it as well? Oh, I mean, it's, in my opinion, essential. Okay. So that's it's, it's similar to what we teach in the, the closing room when, it, when you try to get a deal closed when right. you're asking for money. But because if you're in an intake situation in your contingency-based firm and you insist on having that individual actually do the intake on that initial phone call, mm -hmm. 
uh, because we're not asking them to hold a credit or ask for a credit card and we just need to make an emotional connection, it's not a bridge too far to go ahead and say, hey, let's get you signed up and, and get you an appointment with one of our attorneys, correct? That's correct. Yeah. So, look, the key is, you know, right or wrong, well, here's what we know to be true. If, if you're going to have an intake agent and you're a fee-based firm where you collect money from the prospect, your intake agents should absolutely be scheduling an appointment. No questions asked. They should not try to get the order. If you're in a contingency-based firm, uh, you can have them try, you can have them not try, but go ahead and, and convert that initial call into a retained client, just remember it's it's a similar job, but it is a little step farther than getting an appointment. So in, they both cases need training and coaching and consulting, but I would say that the person who's asking to get somebody to sign an intake really needs to be trained significantly in management and ongoing um, management of that. Well, for the contingency-based firm, that's quite literally the lifeblood of your new client. So yeah, yeah I, I would hope that person is getting consistently trained on making sure that happens. And, and you did make another point, and, and I don't think we could touch on it in this conversation, but this idea, you didn't quite say this phrase, but hot transfers. Oh, yeah. Right? So so Oof. making what, what, What's your general opinion? Should they, should they do it? I, I, no, not at all. I, I'm, I'm of the camp that I actually despise hot transfers. Um, but, but, but is it because your personality that you don't like it? Is it because you teach closing in the deal, or, or do you have evidence? No, we, we've got evidence that firms that go with a hot transfer model, meaning that a, a new lead call comes in and then immediately goes to a closer, right? We've got evidence, too much evidence, actually, that those convert at a much lower rate as compared to a set appointment. Now, again, this isn't a fee-based scenario, mm -hmm. right? In a fee-based scenario, that's 100%. 100%. In, in a, in a uh, contingency-based scenario, we have seen firms transfer over to the attorney to actually make the determination if it's a good yes. case or not. But I would argue they don't need to do that. And when you transfer people, there's some abandonment rate, always. There's some you're losing yeah. through the cracks. And so if you train your intake person, if you want your intake taken on the first call and you don't want to set an appointment, my suggestion is let's get the intake person trained mm -hmm. to go ahead and do that for you right there, right? And, yeah. and just make space for them. Realize it's going to take them 10, 15, 17 minutes to make that intake happen the right way. Mm -hmm. So we get the emotional connection. We get all the facts of the case. We make sure it's a case we want based right. on the rubric you give them. Mm -hmm. um, but but transferring hot transfers to a, to a firm that needs uh, actual dollars paid is a monumental mistake. Here's what I think happens, though. And we, we don't have a lot of time to unpack it. No, but, but, just, but it, it's worth knowing. You get a little extra here in this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, because what we find is firms that don't have a great intake, uh, great consultation system, so their closing room isn't structured, scripted, and their current close rate stinks. Mm -hmm. Or they've got a show rate issue because they've got people, they don't know how to build proper reminder sequences and make sure they're setting the appointment properly in the intake to make yep. sure they get to the emotional situation so that we get people to show up, right? Mm -hmm. This happens, right? Yeah. So they've got a broken intake. Mm -hmm. And and so they got a show rate issue and they, they don't have a really scripted, dialed in closing structure. And so what they do is they go and they hot transfer. Mm -hmm. And that fixes their show rate problem, typically at mm -hmm. some level, yeah. although they still have some abandonment. 
they now their close rate usually goes down mm-hmm. because the people are less prepared to make that decision. There's all so many reasons why it doesn't work. Yeah. Mostly it's emotional and they feel pressured. But but what happens is their net net result is they usually end up getting a few more clients out of it and they think it works. And that's the problem. We get this glimpse of a little bit like we saw an increase by a little bit when in reality what maybe we don't understand is we're leaving a gold mine of opportunity on the table for a very incremental increase. And, and there are so many other ancillary things like never mind the fact in this hot transfer conversation that now whoever's on the other end of that line in your office, the closer position is constantly like on call. Like it, it, it hurts workflow. It hurts the mental stability of that person. They're probably never actually prepared. They're not getting any notes. I mean, there's just so many factors as to why hot transfers are a model that just doesn't work for at least fee-based firms and slightly for contingency-based firms. Certainly over the longer time, and, and let's say it differently. I would say that it's not that it doesn't work. Because it might work for you if your intake firm is if your intake is broken or your show rate is off and you're seeing a bump by doing hot transfers, right? That might work. The the thing is, is that if you were to take our challenge and take intake seriously mm-hmm. and understand how important it is, and you fix it, you'll fix your show rate, mm-hmm. right? If if you fix your show rate, then you can go work on your close rate. Yep. And if you fix your show rate and your close rate, and you have an optimal working intake and you have an optimal working consult room, mm-hmm. now you're beating any system that's out there. It kicks hot transfers tail every single day of the week. It's not even comparable. Really. Not even comparable. It's, it's not even comparable. And and so it, it really comes down to fixing the intake and, and understanding um, we're attacking also the, the, the root cause, in my opinion, of why we like this hot transfer model is from the firms that I've spoke with, it's born out of fear a mm. little bit. The the fear that, well, if I don't get them to transfer right then and there, they're not going to retain the firm. They're going to find another firm. They're not going to show up to their appointment. They're not even going to set an appointment because mm. they're going to move off to finding another firm. And, and all I'm here to say is we've got evidence that that's not the case, right? That, that, that having a set appointment setting model and using appointments to get the deal closed converts at a much higher level and, and I understand the fear behind it, but you just got to be willing to go out on a limb and give it a shot. Well, what did I always tell you as you and your brother were growing up? Fear stands for false evidence appearing real. You just don't have the right evidence. We do have the right evidence because we've done this tens of thousands of times now throughout the years that we've been doing this, right? Through hundreds and hundreds of firms. So look, guys, at the end of the day, fixing your intake and defining what intake is, this is what it means to us. This is what it looks like. And there's a lot of opportunity sitting on the table for you by just fixing the intake, not doing anything else to your current existing lead flow, but by fixing your intake, would you agree that there's, for many firms, a goldmine of opportunity? Yeah, start, keep it simple. Mm -hmm. If you didn't know what intake was as defined, we've done it for you. Start simple, as they say, K-I-S-S, right? Keep it simple, stupid. I'm not calling you stupid, but that's what the saying is, right? Just start there. Start with the intake. Fix the intake. That'll cause other problems. Sure. And then we can go fix those. Yes. But that's part of the process, right? 
Um, so, look, one of the things we do around here is we have a gentleman's agreement. Do you want to tell them a little bit more about what that yeah, is? Yeah, whether you're a man or a woman, we call it a gentleman's agreement. And basically it says uh, we're going to create this for you at free except there's a catch. Sure. Your cost, our request to you is the first time you watch it, no requirements whatsoever. But when you come back and you watch it again, we'd ask you to like, we'd ask you to share, we'd ask you to, what, comment? Comment. And most of all, make sure whatever platform you're watching or you're listening on, you hit that subscribe notification bell and, and that subscription button so you don't miss any of the content that's going on here because I don't know about you, but I think we're dropping, dropping some very valuable law firm owner content. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to continue to do that and we're happy to do it. Absolutely. Our only currency we ask for is that your participant, again, first one, free on us, right? You come back and listen to another one, whether it's whatever platform you're listening onto it or watching it on, we just ask you participate. This, why do we want them to do that? Let's tell them why. Why is this the currency? Yeah, look, this is the currency because we are very confident that what you get here listening and watching this podcast is going to be super valuable and impactful to help you grow your practice. And, and we just ask that you, you take the next step and in, in just listening along and trying to get the value along the way, but there might be a little bit more to that. No, what I mean is like the way that podcasts and things work. I don't know. You're the young person. How do these things work? Why is it important to our podcast, to our yeah. YouTube channel that they do all these things? I, You're the one who has 80,000 subs on your YouTube. Why is that important? Candidly, uh, when you subscribe, you, you engage on it. It, it boosts the, the rankings of the podcast. And, and, and look, we, we think this stuff is valuable. And if you feel the same, that's just our only ask to you. We're, we're, we're doing this with our own time, our own resources. And all we ask for is a simple like, share, and subscribe. And if you're enjoying it, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, and if I'm going to be a little bit human here and humble, I'll tell you, I, or maybe transparent, I like the dopamine hit of seeing people like and subscribe to the channel, right? Of course, every, every human does. <laughs> yeah, so look, that's all we ask. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Yeah. We'll keep bringing them to you. Absolutely. Thank you guys for watching. Yep. We'll catch you on the next one. Catch you the next time.